Welcome to the D-Shift Podcast, where we provide inspiration, motivation, and education to help you transition from the challenges of divorce to discover the freedom and ability to live life on your own terms. Are you ready? Let's get this shift started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the D-Shift Podcast. And this is going to be a really joyous conversation. I just know because I know the lady that I'm speaking to and she is just a such a positive person and just somebody who really focuses on helping people start over, handle difficulties and just bring a lot of joy in their life. So I would like to welcome Allie Perry Davies and she is an author. I know you've got a book published and books coming. So I want to talk to you about that for sure. And that you are also a person who has dealt with um, PTSD and a traumatic brain injury. So um, Ali, I, I know I just briefly skimmed the surface on what you do. So tell us a little bit about yourself and where your area of passion is here. Oh, thanks so much, Marcy. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on the show. First of all, this is awesome. I'm really excited. I'm excited to chat with you. Um, It's interesting. Um, I think that me and like any one of your listeners, I'm sure we all have these huge stories. We all have these major events that could have and sometimes have defined who we were for a time. There was a time when coming out of um, a very destructive, unhealthy relationship that defined me for a while. There was a time when dealing with being diagnosed and dealing with uh, PTSD, that defined me for a while. Uh, Having my brain injury defined me for a while. And I think one of the things that I'm learning more and more about in my own life is that as long as we decide not to stay there, We don't even have to have any answers. I have been shivering in the corner in a ball, literally, terrified to move forward. But I had a desire, more than hope, more than a belief, more than anything. I just knew I can't die here. I can't let this be how my story ends. And I think that I would always try to tell... It's any of your listeners. I think often um, women are maybe more attracted to my story, but that I don't I don't shut down or not deal or or don't have male clients. It's just the deal is, is that a lot of women relate to my story. Yeah. And so I think that that's it. What I would want to tell anyone is wherever you're at, you know, I've, I've been through in my book, I talk a lot about the places that I've been and the experiences I've had and how that manifests itself in my life. Mm -hmm. The big story is though, the one that matters is the day or days I decided, okay, this can't be how my story ends. Yeah. So how do you think, um, how do you think people get that sense of, I'm going to get up and move through this. Uh, because I think I, I I don't believe that anybody can't develop that sense. I know there's a lot of people who are like, well, you know, I've been through this. I've, I've been knocked down so many times. I just can't get back up again. Yeah. I really believe that it's hard to do it, but you can get back up again. So how do you develop that? I know that the term now is resiliency. I know that's a big thing. Um, yes. But it's just really that sense, like you said, of recognizing that I, this is not the end of my story. I'm going to make it change. Where do you think 
comes from or how do people develop that or or what's what's the resource yeah, that's a great question. And and I'm thinking of immediately what comes to mind, as always is the way my brain works. I have like 17 ideas coming right away, thinking of all the different ways. And I'm sure that as many people who are listening to this, each of us have uh, 17 or 20 different ways that that could come out. And I would say that any one of them that works is probably the right one for the time that it is. I think that basically we're hardwired to want to live, right? We, everybody, um, even when I know people who have got to the point where they've, um, they've questioned whether they wanted to live or not. But when it comes right down to it, there is this place in us that wants to survive. We want to live. And part of it is how do we take it past that survival mode Mm-hmm. And taking us into thrive mode, because I know people in my life that I love so dearly. And I was one of those people who was living in poverty. I was living in shame. I was living in fear. I was living in doubt. When people tried to um, encourage me, I did. I thought, you don't get it. You don't get where I am right now. You know, maybe what you went through was one thing, but I can't from where I'm at. And it just came to the place where, um, you know, I started to just want a bit of a difference. Long before I had hope and way before I had a belief and even longer before I had a plan, there was just the hope. And sometimes it was even driven through jealousy and judgment of others for what they had. If I'm being really honest, when I was in my very lowest state, I would sometimes in my um, place where I just was feeling so sad for myself. And and it was sad. If I would see someone else in that situation, I'm not going to judge them. I'm going to think that's awful. I'm so sorry that that's your experience. But that was mine. So I came from a place of very tiny bit of the background. I had a lot of sexual abuse, a lot of physical abuse, a lot of emotional abuse in my childhood and in my early adult years. Um, That led to a string of very unhealthy relationships. And that led to, I was, you know, a single mom, didn't have money. I, you know, just things that are, it's, it's not a rare story. Unfortunately, it's a very common story. And somewhere in me, there was a place that just had a shred of hope. And then I was met by, I would say my first real change was I was met by an incredible woman. She's passed now, Maggie Collins. I love you. I hope you're having a blast up wherever you are. And she worked as um, an employment counselor and helping women to change their lives. Mm -hmm. And she just saw something in me. And I think that Maggie was the type of person who saw something in everyone, you know, so she was never lying to any of us. Right. She said, you, you, there's, there's, you can do this. Yeah. You can do this. And I would fall and cry and whine and feel sad for myself. And she would just pick me back up. And sometimes she had a, she was Irish. So she had that, you know, a little <laughs> bit of a no nonsense way about her. Um, but she also had a really big, gentle, kind heart. Right. So I think that first we make a decision that I just don't want to be this way. I don't, you don't have to have a plan. Yeah. You don't have to have any answers. But if you're living in a way right now in your life and you know, I don't want it to be like this. If that's all, you know, that's awesome. 
That's that so yes. awesome. Yeah. You now, now there's a way to go, right? Maybe the next step is going to be if you don't know where to start, reach out and find someone who does. And these are usually going to be someone who works at a nonprofit. It's not going to cost you money because you probably don't have any. That's okay. Maybe you do have money. That's great. But it, but most of us, when we're in that position, finances are a bit of a struggle. Um, find someone that you can trust who has some expertise in this area. Sure, surround yourself with friends who can cheer you on, but having someone that actually has a skill set. Yeah. So I would say that that was kind of the the first tiny baby step is reaching out and finding someone who knows more than me. And it didn't take much at that point. Yeah. And so I, I love that because here's what I hear people say. Um, well, I want to be, I want to, I, I'm in a bad place today and I want to be where I want to be tomorrow. Like, and they don't right. think, you know, it's not, this is the real world. This is, this is not yeah. the way things work. Yes, there's people who go out and, you know, one day and have no, no employment, no income, uh, living off the streets or, or maybe living in a friend's house or something. And then they just luck into it. They get their dream job the next day and they're whisked away to California or wherever to live in a mansion and, and run a TV empire. That really Hallmark movies are full of it, but it does not really happen that way. So I love the fact that what you said is. The first step is just to celebrate that you recognize that you don't want to be in this space. That's a celebration yes. point because that's absolutely. And then what is the and I, I had a, a lady on the show, um, Chris Papias, who said her the first thing she says to her people is what is the tiniest step you can take to move from where you are one half of a step? forward to where you want to be and take it every day by that half step mm. or half stride. And, yes. you know, you can start looking at the big picture when you get in a frame of mind of saying, I'm worthy of this big picture, because if you don't believe in yourself, you're not going to believe in that future either. Am I right? Or, or am I off base on that one? Um, I, I think probably both. If, if you're like me, most everything I think is right and off base. I, it, so, yes, absolutely. We have to we have to be able to be willing to take that step. The only what I would say is I would an addendum. I'm going to put an okay. addendum, a little add on to what you said is that you don't have to have a lot of faith in yourself yet, because if we needed a lot of faith in ourselves, um, most of us wouldn't make it. Most of us are quivering when we take these first steps. I know I was. Right. Um, and, and even, so for me, I did little things. Like um, Maggie said to me, uh, I didn't have an education yet. I didn't, uh, I was in a very, I was a, I was a teenage, a teenager with two kids, right? I was, and, and just about to get a divorce. Uh, in my early 20s. So in my early 20s, I had already been a teenage, pregnant teenager, had two kids as a teenager. And by the time I was 22, I was already divorced and on my own. Wow. And I'd already come from very severe trauma. Right. So doesn't that sound like a girl who's going to really have it all together and have a lot of faith? Not so much. Um, I had a lot of opinions. I had a lot of a fear, a lot of fear, a lot of anger. Um, I felt judged and I was judged and I did judge. So I had all that going on. Um, but 
I found a little way. And and yes, what you're saying, having that little bit of faith, sometimes I just had to have faith also in the person that I was trusting. And I know that that's not where we want to end up, but sometimes just faith in something. Yes, absolutely. Just that it, it could be okay. But I also want to say to someone, if you don't feel like you have faith, sweetie, don't let that slow you down. Right. That's okay. Cause we can all believe for you. Yeah. Until you can get there. We, I will cheer for you. I will, I will, find places for you to go. I'm going to like, we're going to do this. There is a collective around the world of women who are chanting and cheering and believing for other women. And um, yeah, it's, um, I, you know, I, I, I talk about it a bit in my book. I, 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 in my book, I don't go into detail about any of the actual traumatic events. I state that they occurred. Right. And the rest is, the impact that it had on me sure, and the impact um, that it had on just other people. And I share other people's stories as well. And basically what I hear over and over again is it's, it's, it's like an, an, uh, an onion being forever peeled. Mm-hmm. And, and this, as we know, when we peel onions, there's a lot of tears, baby. Like this. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the same way when we, when we peel our own onion, right? There's, yeah. It, it's it, I'm never going to say to someone it's easy. No, it might be some I hey, if, if if there's a way if someone decides to go for it and they are so focused. Oh, bless that. That's awesome. Yeah, just wasn't my particular story. Right. right. But that, and, and I think, you know, I think that's something that you mentioned, Ali, that I think is really, really important is that everybody's trauma story is not the same. Um, yeah. I worked for um, many years in a psychiatric hospital and one, and now I, I was working more with children, but I did have interactions with adults in the facility. And one of the things that, that I know is that people can be traumatized in, in very different ways. What, what traumatizes some people has no effect on, on the next person. So yes. I get really frustrated in a lot of group things where it's kind of like, let's compete over who has the most significant trauma story. Like oh, I make a joke about it, right? No, But it's like, it doesn't matter what caused you the trauma, whether it was, you know, um, and, and horrific things can happen to children and, and adults and everything else. But it's the fact that you are experiencing a trauma, not necessarily the specific root cause of the trauma, and certainly not comparing it to somebody else's. So let me ask you a question. Um, when you talk to women or men who have been through a trauma situation and are moving forward in their lives or have dealt with mm. a series of traumas, what do you think is the most effective way to partner with them um, or to support them? As opposed to, uh, I know some some organizations, their goal is to put people through basically a lockstep. Okay, you come in, you're, you're admitted, you go through, you know, whatever it may be, a detox or stay in a domestic violence shelter or whatever it may be. And then you go through their mandated counseling and then you go through their mandated employment program are not mandated, right. but kind of standard employment program. And then I know, I, I understand. 90 days and you're out the door, you're fixed. So for those right. of us that are dealing Isn't with- Isn't that a great plan? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talk about, you can't have the 90 same days that I'm fixed. Where do I sign up for that? That so, would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I know. 
So tell me, tell me a little bit about in your experience, if, if as women or as men, we have a friend who's in that space where they're, mm-hmm. they don't see a future. Um, you know, you can't just, for lack of a better word, blow sunshine up their skirt and go, don't worry, everything will be fine. I'm here to support you. What, what can we do? What's That's the right. proper way to help people? What would be the most effective way to help people? Well, I, that's a great question. Again, you're, um, you're full of these great questions. If only I could come up with a good answer. I think that basically, uh, again, it goes back to that we're all very individual. So for, for me personally, um, for the years I worked as a minister and then as a disability case manager and did frontline work with people with a variety of disabilities and things like that, um, that's, and now my shift, and then I sustained a, a brain injury and, you know, that's been, you know, there was the first three years of, you know, walking and talking wasn't so, so, so easy. And, um, and now that, you know, things are shifting and I, where I've really started to put my focus is holistic, um, more holistic healing modalities and specifically sound and vibrational therapies and art therapies, um, a lot of these, I love, what I love about these therapies is that they are woo, as I call them, and spirituality and science. It's where they all meet. Mm-hmm. And I love that. So so for me, I would say that when I, if someone comes to me and they are discussing whatever situation they're in, for me personally, I'm going to suggest, uh, first of all, I'm going to find out where they're at. I'm going to find out. So what what are you doing right now? what's happening so there's you know there's allopathic modalities that are that can be fine and they can be helpful right there's there's ways that you know someone might require um you know an md a gp or whatever a medical doctor to they might require some assistance from them i don't know because that's not my you know that's not who i am so i i never want to take out anything from the equation right um so for me, it's very much, I would, my first thing is get your feelings out. And that is whether that's writing it, drawing it, painting it, singing it, find some way that you can release what's going on inside. Let that come out. And we all have some, and you know what, even if it's a person has a crayon and one piece of paper and just writes down crap, 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 you know, if if that's, what needs to come out, that's okay. Um, Teaching people and sharing with people things about um, creative healing modalities, ways that we can use creativity uh, to bring about healing. It's really to allow ourselves to all that stuff that's inside, let it come out. And if if it's a painting, for instance, it doesn't really matter what it looks like sometimes people can get caught up in that or the song or the poem or whatever it's it's not about that especially not in the beginning stages if someone wants to go on to be a professional whatever fine that that's great but where the beauty lies for me anyways as a observer is in rawness in vulnerability that's always where um, and if and if you have someone that has some natural talent and they that those two marry, that's going to be spectacular. But that's not what it's about in the healing realms. In the healing realms, that's about whatever is inside that needs to come out. Give it space. Let it out. Let it come out. 
And, um, you know, a 30 minute walk a day, my, if I was going to give up a pre- prescription, it would always be a 30 minute walk a day based on science, what, what our body requires, mind, body, all, you know, everything, 30 minute walk a day. If, if you can't leave your house right now, walk around your house, just do it for 30 minutes. Right. Uh, somehow write or draw or paint or some way to let it out. You don't have to have money or space to do that to start. You could just grab a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil and just start letting out whatever's on the inside. Yeah. Seek out professional help. And again, nonprofits, I'm not sure if everywhere is as abundant as where I live, but quite a few places have some nonprofits, places that a person can get assistance when they don't have funding. Right. So- I hope that answers your question. Yeah, That's and, kind and of where I would start. No, I think you're I think you're you're absolutely spot on. And I think one thing for us as um people who may be supporting somebody who's in this position, maybe a sister or a friend or a, a mm. you know, a neighbor or something, is is really to give them that space and maybe go for the walk with them and just let them talk. You don't have to make it right, you don't yes. have to fix their problem. You know, in coaching we have this term called holding space, which is just literally being present. Yes. And absorbing that information and letting, you know, just 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 giving the person the opportunity to speak to somebody else about the issues without feeling that sense of um, I have to solve this problem today, you know, in this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was going to say I have a saying that I use and it is don't answer questions that haven't been asked. Exactly. And 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 that's that's the place that happens, whether someone is grieving or they're in a, in a really difficult situation coming out of a divorce or a life change or whatever it might be that they're going through. It can feel for us like we need to have an answer. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. In fact, most of our answers can cause more harm than good. And if we can remember that. I, I and just remember to say I love you. I don't have any answers, but I want to stand with you. I'm yeah. with you. And and those are you know, those are important things. My podcast Find Your Joy, the the little tag for that is is that in all things we're looking for whatever it is, if when you're healing, find a place that can be joyful in the midst of that. Yeah. If you're whatever it is that we're doing in our life, how do we get from where we are? And even if, well, we're in the midst of it, while we're in the midst of, um, my my brother is terminal with cancer right now. And he's uh, the most positive, one of them, well, he's so positive and he's finding joy. Like, it, it's like he's the poster child for my book and my, my podcast, right? He's like, he's like literally very close to death. And he's still every day, when I phone him, says hi it's john how can i make your day better wonderful wonderful that's what he's that that is that is so amazing and you know i've got to say my my mom passed away of cancer many when i was 18 um she passed away she was she was like that though i mean right up until the Mm -hmm. very last day i saw her the day before she passed um she was she was like that she always had a smile on her face um you know she the last little while she couldn't speak, but she still, you know, was able to, you could see her eyes light up when you came in the room and she tried to interact with people. 
And and so there are people who find that ability to do that. We ju- we just all have to learn how to tap into that. So I mean, we have covered a whole ton yeah. of stuff and I can't believe how fast 25 minutes can go when we get, especially me, I just get, I get so interested in what people have to say about this. So um, we talked about a lot of different things. What is the one thing that you would like people to remember when they, um, I always say this, when they pull out their ear pods or earbuds or whatever the heck you call them and um, walk away from this, what do you want them to remember about this conversation? Hmm. I want them to remember that there is always hope. Always. No matter where, no matter what, no matter how dark it seems, there is always hope. And go find your joy, baby, because it's yours for the taking. I love that. That is such a positive thing. And, and if you are in one of those really difficult situations, please, please, please reach out, um, get help, get support, mm-hmm. nonprofits. Um, if you can't find one in your area, contact me. I will do research on the web and see if I can find something um, because I don't want anybody to feel like they are unavailable or they can't get help. And there is a new, now I, I hope I don't mess this up. It's 988, I believe is the new um, national uh, suicide assistance line. So if you okay. feel that things are really um, difficult, you can um, call that number and they can help you. And if I have messed that up, which I really hope I have not, um, uh, I will correct it in the in the notes and I will make sure that I put a little add on at the end of this podcast if I've messed Perfect. it up. So, um, how do people want to get hold of you? What is the best way to do that? Okay, great. Thank you. Um, alleywayart at gmail.com. So that's A-L-I-W-A-Y-A-R-T. And so alleywayart.com is my webpage. Alleywayart at gmail.com is my email. And alleywayart page on Facebook is how they could get a hold of me there. Thank you so much. This has been fantastic. Thank you, Ali. And I want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. And I hope you'll tune in next week for our next episode. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening and supporting the D-Shift podcast. If you would like to attend live trainings by our amazing guests and have a chance to ask questions and get answers from our experts, join the D-Shift crew. For more details and to sign up, head on over to www.divorcecoachforwomen and click on the podcast page.